you know, just like martial arts, we all start as white belts, right? Every single one of us, the greatest martial artists uh, ever walked the earth, started on their first day and they sucked. And you know, we have to really embrace the suck, right? That's what it is. We know how hard martial arts are, right? If you can't embrace the suck, then you're never going anywhere from there. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I am. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of MartialArtsMedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. G'day, this is George Free, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast episode. So today, I'm speaking with Jim Morrison, all the way from Barrie, Ontario. How are you doing, Jim? Awesome. How are you? Very good, very good. Great to speak to you. This is uh, the first time we've just been chatting before the show. And uh, Jim's been going for about 15 years in his martial arts school, Champs Academy. And uh, yeah, we're just going to have a conversation and add some value for you as the school owner. So let's jump in. Uh, first up, Jim, just to just give us a couple of minutes, who you are, what type of styles you teach, all the rest. Awesome. Uh, we're a martial arts academy that primarily focuses on Taekwondo and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, we've had a, our studio in place here in Barrie for about 15 years. Uh, before that, I was in the martial arts industry teaching for my instructor for many, many years. I think uh, since I was 17, I was teaching. And then I started martial arts when I was about eight years old. So it's a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've we've grown and grown. Uh, we started as a small school out of a community center um, that expanded to a small unit, and then that unit grew, and now we're in a ten thousand square foot space. Um, yeah, we're looking to open another two schools in the next two years. So yeah, we're doing we're programmed for growth. Awesome. So so fifteen years. Break that down a bit. So um, you you got started with the same business that you've got now 15 years ago yes so we've been champs academy's been in business for 15 years this is our 15 year anniversary so we're actually gonna have a big anniversary party this year uh, mayor's coming and everything so it should be really fun but uh, we started 15 years ago it was a small school we were just teaching out of a community center um, we all I always had aspirations to make this a full-time career at the time I was working construction during the day and teaching at night um, but, you know, it was always a big thing for me to be able to make the plunge and make myself a career martial artist. And then it was just uh, I'm a growth minded person. And over the years, the industry's changed a lot. But I've been able to try and stay on top of all the growth and all the changes over the years. And, yeah, I think uh, we've done a good job of staying on top of the pulse of our community. And it's helped us kind of grow. Hang on. You're not going to let that off so quickly. You, you've got your 15th <laughs> birthday party. But the mayor yeah. is coming. How did you yeah. do that? <laughs> so, uh, actually, the mayor is uh, his family's training with us now too. But before that, gotcha. we'd also yeah. make contacts because uh, what we do in our community, we do a lot of outreach stuff in our community. I think that's really important because if you want to be the 
go-to location in your area, you need to make sure that you're present in your everything you can possibly be in your community. So we work, do a lot of work in the schools. We offer free bully prevention courses that we go into schools and teach. Um, we go in and do self-defense courses, stranger danger courses, things like that we do. Cub Scout groups, anything like that, we do big group areas. We also work with a lot of special needs in our community. So our word, the word of our club gets out in so many different avenues, e- even outside our own marketing. We're so well known in the community by now that we, when we, I approach the mayor, they know the mayor's office knows who we are. So it's easier for us to get our foot in the door and put our name on his schedule, right? So that's something we've always tried to work at. It was a, you know, easy way to start our marketing, to start to open up to the community and give back, and it's something that gives you back in return. So it's helped us a lot. That's fantastic. So you got, so you use that a lot as in a, I mean, you, you probably can't use it as in a the front of your marketing that you know you're taking the mayor along, can you? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, of course you have to be respectful of the fact that he's yeah. got a family and a job, and, and you're not the only thing he's dealing with every day. But I think you know it, whether it's the mayor or like we we contact with our local politicians in many different levels. And the big thing we try to do is be respectful of them, but we also encourage them to be part of what we do, even on small ways, whether it's, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we teach an autism group. And for example, you know, autism in Ontario right now is, you know, there's an issue with funding and things like that. So there's an opportunity there for uh, us to be a part of that, a voice in that community, because we work with uh, a lot of autism groups. And that means we're on the page of the news as well. So, I mean, it, it helps both ways. Obviously, we're, we're, we're genuine about our giving back to our community and helping these different groups. But at the same time, I'd lie if I say it didn't help us in some way because it does give us a voice outside of our club. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's such an underrated marketing strategy just, just to just actually care and give. And, and if you do that, um, you could actually be surprised what, what comes your way instead of just thinking of how do we get – how do you give and things start to shape up for you? Yeah, I think the, I think the ethics of what we teach, you know, we always know that it's part giving back is a part of that, right? We've all been taught that since day one in martial arts, but somewhere along the way, when we start a business, we kind of want to put those ethics on a shelf or those ideas on a shelf. And I, I think if we explore them a little more, I think really there's a lot of benefit for our own club from giving back to our community and doing anything we can because it spreads the word of what we do. And if that's the message of what we do, well, people connect with that. That's a passion that people connect with. And in this day and age, when people are inundated with marketing and advertising and flyers and media and commercials on TV, they have choices that they never had before. And when they hear somebody who's genuine and passionate about what they teach and they see that there's somebody that cares about their community, I think that speaks volumes for what the product of what we sell is. And that's helping people get that message too, right? So. I think you know. I think we would. We want to always expand in that general direction. It keeps in touch with my family's ethics, but as well as what I teach in the martial arts club. Yeah, for sure. I'd I'd like to talk uh, a little more on that. I, I mean, I work with a, a group of martial arts school owners called Partners, and a, a big of our focus in with marketing is a lot of what you're saying is you know how do you become the authority in your space? How do you stand out? And a lot about standing out is not by leading with the marketing, you know, of the offer and what you, what am I, you know, how do you join? How do you 
you know, how do you get a member in, but rather, you know, how do you give? How do you go that layer up? And how do you create content that provides value, that connects with people that maybe they're a good prospect for martial arts, but they don't know it yet, or they have the problems that you can solve, but they don't know it yet. Um, Like you speak about autism, you know, and I mean, I think most parents that have kids that have autism aren't thinking that martial arts is the solution. So there's so much in your marketing that you can do that is not about the offer, but it's about it's about speaking to people on a, on a higher level. So if, if you don't mind sharing, how do you go about speaking to, to groups that, that are potential prospects for your school and how do, you, how do you work that within the community to get them through the doors? Yeah, well, that's a great question because it's not an easy thing because a lot of times it's even hard to find these uh, special specialty groups, even if you have the best of intentions. Um, I think if we all started, the, the first time I ever started teaching uh, any specialty groups is I was teaching Taekwondo and uh, I got approached by a parent that I was teaching the one son Taekwondo and the other son was in a wheelchair. And she said, she said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, it's too bad there's nothing he can do like this because it's helped my other son so, so much. And I said, well, you know, if I had a group of kids like this, I'd be happy to do that. And she said, well, watch what you say, because I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you do that. And the next thing I know, I'm in a rented wheelchair teaching Taekwondo classes from a wheelchair. Uh, I don't actually have to use a wheelchair, thank God. But, uh, I'm teaching classes from a wheelchair to a group full of kids in wheelchairs. And it was such a great experience for me that I wanted to make sure that we continued to spread that message. So then when we when I had students that had autism or or I had a student that was in a wheelchair or something like that, we would highlight them. And what I mean by that is any chance we got not an advertisement just to put something in the local newspaper, put on our website, put on our Facebook page, you know, we're so proud of this student and how far they've came. You know, they they are a leader in our school and we're so proud of them and see how far they've come in their training. And what we found was a lot of people responded to that because just seeing that, hey, you know what, this is not something that is elitist to just, you know, the athletic kid from school. This is not just, a, you know, martial arts, we have a horrible reputation. We have the worst, uh, you know, outside of our own clubs, the marketing is horrendous. Most people think, we as people are thugs and we're you know tough guys and we're you know all those other things when reality is we're almost the exact opposite of those things right because the ethics of what we grew up with taught us to be so much more than that so i think it's up to us to to break that that wall down and show people that everybody can do it and that was kind of where we went with it and now we're we have uh right now we have three or four different special needs groups that we teach um specialty classes only each for, for each of them uh, on top of the kids that we teach in our regular program that are special needs as well. Um, you know, and it's become a niche for us, not intentionally, just because we're trying to reach out to the community we serve. That's fantastic. So do you actually then teach in a wheelchair? Yes, I actually sit in a wheelchair and I, like I say, I, <laughs> I don't use it. And if you want to be humbled, if you ever want to feel humbled, try and teach kids uh, that actually sit in a wheelchair all day how to do things from a wheelchair. And the muscles in your arms that you're not aware of and your shoulders will start to hurt in a way that you have not any had any experience with because you, they, they're so much stronger than we are at using their arms in different ways that we haven't had to use them in. So it's actually a very humbling experience, but it's also very uh, I don't know. I guess uh, it's something I, I love doing. It's something passionate for me. Yeah, that's 
That's fantastic. So, so tell me a bit more about that. Like, how do you then, how do you then adjust, like, adjust your whole class structure and like, what constraints does it put on you? And how do you, how do you prepare for that? How do you go about teaching a class from a wheelchair? Well, whether it's from a wheelchair or any other special needs group, the first thing we always do is we have a, a system that our instructors use, and it's basically. It's our own self-assessment more than it is theirs. And what we look at is that we say, okay, what is the highest functioning uh, act, action we can expect from this group? And it's usually higher than they actually think they're capable of. So what, what do we think that is? And you know, we have to draw a picture of what that specifically looks like for whatever group we're looking at. And then we look at the lowest functioning factor and we say, okay, we have to meet them here, but we wanna get them there. So we have to start to look at the physicality um, very often the communication is a big factor because when, like I say, we have a Down syndrome group as well, you know, they're not going to pick up on the same gestures and movements that you and I would in a class, even the specifics of how you're holding your hand. Things can be different depending on the physicality and the, you know, the mental capabilities of the group that you're teaching. And that's not to diminish where they're going to be going. It's just to say where the starting point is. So we always have like a little chart. We do that. And that way, any of the instructors that are, if another instructor is going to teach that, they can look at that chart and, and de decide where on that chart they're going to focus that day. And of course, it can vary day to day, too, because as any instructor knows, teaching any group of kids, you know, there's days they come in ready to learn and then there's days they come in and... I don't know who gave sugar to all these kids before they walked in here, but they washed it down with coffee. So <laughs> on those days, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, definitely so. Okay, so now, and and, and just to clarify, so this is teaching Taekwondo classes or Jiu-Jitsu from, yes. from the wheelchair, or both? The wheelchair, the wheelchair classes are all done for Taekwondo specifically. It just lends itself a little easier to the techniques we teach, we see that the kids get a quicker grasp of the movement and therefore they're encouraged, right? Um, of course, in most physical situations that a kid is facing, if they're in a wheelchair, they, they, they're very aware that they're, they're working from a deficit of some kind. So the, one of the first things we have to do for all these kids, and, and this is the same with any kid, is build their confidence. Um, so they need to see some progress, you know, just like any kid would, right? Um, so we just have to look at it from that same standpoint we would teaching any kid off the street and just say, hey, they, we need to build their confidence so that they know they can do this journey. And then from there, you can lead them down the journey you want. But if they don't believe in it, they're going to give up pretty quickly, regardless of whether they're in a wheelchair or special needs or they're fine and they just need to get started in martial arts. Right. So we need to build that confidence before we step anywhere. Gotcha. So that's was Sorry, that's why we found some of the Taekwondo techniques a little lend themselves a little easier to that. Gotcha, and 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 that was actually my next question, and I think you you probably answered it with um, how how does the mindset dif differ the the mindset of of someone that that has the special needs versus a normal child, and do you have to change the process of how you get how you get them to install that confidence in themselves? <laughs> Very often, yes, because like I say, they face more challenges. And I mean, that's, I mean, we, things that we don't even think about, you know, when you pull up to a building, you know, you and I don't have to figure out how, what part of the curb we have to get to, to get in a building, you know, that's something that simple. And those kind of things weigh on a person, you know, it, you know, just think about all the things that weigh on us when we hit traffic and it's slower, things like that. Well, you know, they're facing that plus when they get to the plaza they're going to, they can't get in the door because they don't have a dip in the curb big enough for the wheelchair. So you you have to take into consideration what you're facing. So I think a lot of times 
for us, that's the biggest piece. For kids that are facing any more challenges than the average kid, whatever it is, you know, it's just, like I say, start with that confidence piece and build from there because the more success they could feel, you know, there's nothing like seeing a kid break a board, right? But if you see a kid break a board who didn't think he could possibly break a board, that's there's something that changes inside you as a person when you see that, right? You get to be a part of something special, right? And that's something I think that they experience, but also you as an instructor experience. So there is a, there is a, like a mindset we have to get past, a, 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 an I can't attitude that we have to get past because, you know, they, they really can't do a lot of the things that everybody else takes for granted. So, you know, we got to get past that and give them some confidence and give them some successes. Yeah. I mean, think of that next time you're stuck in traffic, you know, right. how, yeah. how, how tough life is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you know, it, we, we think about that with all our students. You, we try to, one of the things, getting back to the point where you're saying is teaching from a passionate place. I think, you know, we try and talk to our instructors and our staff and we say, look, you know, like you can't fake this thing we do. You know, we don't have the kind of job you can call in, whether we're teaching anybody, an adult, a kid, you know, we don't know what these people face in their daily life, but we could be the best thing that happened to them today. So we can't bring a half an effort. We have to bring the best effort. And I think if we do that, it translates. And like I say, like, in this day and age, people have choices they never had before, right? I started in the 80s and my parents put me in the martial arts club that was closest to my house. That was it. That, that was their precursor for, hire, for hiring a martial arts instructor for me. And it worked out great. I was very happy with it, but it could have easily worked out horribly because now that I know the industry a little bit better, I know there's, there's good and bad in everything and our industry is no different, right? That's it. So, so Jim, what's what's been the biggest shift for you over the last fifteen years from where you started up to now? Well, I think the biggest thing and is to go to uh, the the idea of marketing. I think marketing when we first started, uh, first of all, like I say, they didn't have people didn't have as many choices. There was one or two martial arts clubs in town, and even if it, the martial arts were something that the parent couldn't pronounce, if it was the closest thing to what they thought it was going to be, they just signed the kids up. Um, nowadays with the internet, it's a, it's a great thing, but it's a curse and it's a great thing because people have more choice. They have more variety. They can test drive things before they do it. They can go and look at inside your facility before they get there. But it's a hard thing because if you don't quite know how to communicate that to people, I think that you're missing out on clientele that they should be in your, your facility. They should be training with you. And I think that's probably the biggest change in marketing is getting a hand on what happens on the internet, whether it's your website or social media or you know specifically Google Analytics and all the details, getting content out there so people can taste test what you're doing and, and you're, they have awareness of what you do. And the more we can do those things, those things I think are the big change over the last 15 years. It used to be me and my students with flyers going door to door um, nowadays, if I get a flyer, I do what everybody else does and I put it right in the recycling bin and that's about the end of that. But, uh, but pe- we get so many clicks per video we have put out. We get so many, so much interest off Facebook and our website, it's Instagram. It's, uh, that's the wave of the future. If you can't, if you really have to get professionals on your side, as far as what kind of web presence you're having, and that'll make a huge difference. Definitely so. So do you have a, I mean, I, I guess when I hear the things that you have going on, you've got this big pool of ideas just sitting there to create content from. Do you have a specific strategy that you follow to create content for for your school? Yes. Well, first of all, we look at what 
the biggest thing is we communicate what we do. So again, it's about being honest to stick to the virtues that we teach out every day, right? If we want to be honest about what we do and what we don't do, I don't create MMA fighters. There's great clubs for that. And I think it's fantastic. I fought MMA for a few years, but I don't want my kids to do it. So I don't teach it in my school because my kids are a very big part of my school now. Um, so I want to communicate what exactly we teach. So what we teach, I want to show people the quality of what I teach. I want to give them the, the, the type of a taste of what the class looks like or feels like. I want them to see the um, it, whatever my strengths are. I want to make sure I magnify those, and and I want to make sure that I'm reaching the people that are looking for me. So again, that's about knowing your. We I don't know if you you guys use the same term, but we call it an avatar, which is your yeah. your ideal your ideal customer. So we always keep the ideal customer in mind and, and try and keep our content specific to reaching them as well. So. You know, it's it's two-sided. It's making sure we're honest about what we're putting out there, but we're also making sure that we're targeting our avatar so we're not wasting energy and money, you know, pretending we're something we're not. Gotcha. Now, I know for, for a lot of school owners, it's it's a bit of a, people get stuck when, when they want to create video. And I think even though martial arts school owners and instructors are super confident and know how to run and teach a class, there's something that just, there's this barrier that stuck, gets stuck when it comes to creating video and getting confident with that with that process. What what was it like for you getting started with video and how did you how did you venture through any obstacles to, to get to get it in motion? Yeah, well that's a great question because I really sucked at it at first. So <laughs> that was a that's a great question. When we first started doing content and things like that. I really didn't know what to videotape and I would just take my phone and videotape part of a class and post it and do the kind of things like that and and it got mixed reviews sometimes I get people say oh that's a great thing or you know sometimes I videotape a class and didn't realize that it looked a little hectic because I had I was taking a video of the part where they're having some free time and and to somebody else they're like wow that doesn't look formatted or structured at all and now they, they get a bad taste of what we do so I didn't really know what to do so I have to give credit where credit's due. My son, I have a so I have a big family. I'm the we have, I'm the proud dad of seven little kids. So awesome. I have seven. Yeah, and my oldest son is 19, and he's now running our head office. And he's of course a little more in touch with uh, technology than uh, I am at 44. So he's uh, he started getting in, really involved in what we videotape, and and he's really good at researching what works out there. He started following some industry leaders, which I always recommend. Look for people that you know, whether you teach jiu-jitsu or you teach uh, taekwondo or whatever you teach. Look for people anywhere in the world that are – who's got the many his most views and who's popular for other people to watch. Go and watch your heroes, the people you see win tournaments and things like that. Why are they getting views? You know, And sometimes people we're, we as martial artists want to give it the quick answer. Well, that's easy for that guy. He's – uh, Chuck Norris's student or something silly like that or that's easy for that guy he's you know a world-famous jiu-jitsu fighter it's you know Kit Dale or somebody like that you know but it's not just the big name right it's making sure what people are really watching you know Kit Dale's site for is going to be those great jiu-jitsu tutorials or those little pieces where they get a taste of something they want to learn so if you can mimic what the greats do you don't have to know how to do the great content you're just going to find your own niche inside that and then I think really it's like I said it said to go back to is being honest about what you you offer if you're not a jiu-jitsu program you know don't model yourself after one model yourself after what you really are targeting and then you can spe specify to your avatar a lot easier 
Gotcha. And I probably add it, add to that because that also on what I see is creates an obstacle because sometimes you look at your peers and you look at the guys that you know you aspire to, but they're already at such a high level, and now you're entering this video realm, and and your expectations are to be exactly like they already are. And and I think that puts a bit ro- bit of a big roadblock in it because you wanna you wanna get started and just be perfect at it, but uh, you gotta you gotta run the reps, right? <laughs> you know, just like martial arts, we all start as white belts, right? Every single one of us, the greatest martial artists uh, ever walked the earth, started on their first day and they sucked. And you know, we have to really embrace the suck, right? That's what it is. We know how hard martial arts are, right? If you can't embrace the suck, then you're never going anywhere from there. Like if. We know if you could ever take a video of what it looked like your first day of martial arts, how proud would you be looking at that based on your current knowledge of martial arts? Well, you'd be almost embarrassed instantly, right? Well, it's the same thing with your first video. It's going to suck. But that's where you start. That's your start point. And if you're not willing to take those steps and make those efforts and try something new, try this. Because if you you haven't done social media marketing and you haven't done it well, then you're not going to be able to go anywhere. But in that same breath, there is market leaders that can direct people. There are professionals out there that you know are really great. You know, making sure you have a good website. Go to people. There are there are specific to our market in martial arts, and they design great websites that already attract great Google traffic. There's people that already know how to use Facebook, and they can give you guys anybody tips out there on how to find those little niches that they can target. You know, there's a lot of different resources out there but just like martial arts if not willing to go out and try these things if you're not willing to go out and learn from somebody that's maybe a little further ahead than you then you're going to stay a white belt right just like you would in a martial art yeah that's a, so true i i love that uh i love that saying and i heard it the first time in high performance habits from brendan bashard uh embrace the suck <laughs> yeah. i read i read the same book so i know i i've uh <laughs> I, 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 that's another thing I think is very important too is you know martial artists we're grow, we're designed for growth right we have to realize like as martial artists you and I we should be constantly reading and listening to podcasts and if you if you're not growing you're dying right we have to really start to look for more things out there that can inspire and encourage us to grow and become better at what we do because well, that's what we, we're doing here that's what we're selling so it's a lie if you're not doing it yourself right it's a, you don't want to stand up there and tell everybody oh growth is important you know improve yourself do these things and then you're going home to watch the same tv program and fall asleep on bed in bed doing the same thing you did for the last five days you know i try and do something each day just to grow i don't think that's it's too hard i think you can find some podcast or watch some videos online or whatever you need to do to feel like you're making steps forward. And that kind of thing too can give you a little bit of confidence to take another step too because you can find people that are doing those things out there that you want to follow. I love that. And uh, I'll, I'll just add one thing I'm noticing about you is is you're just doing what – you're just being true to yourself. I mean that's – and, and uh, it's a big component of, of the things that we teach in our, in our partners program is always – you know, when we always talk about how do you create content? Well, just do actually what you do. You know, if you if you have yourself in check and you are growing and you are, you know, being true to yourself and you've got integrity and you've got all these these attributes that martial arts teaches, talks about, and you are living that, then just live it. Just live it, yeah. be it, and let that become your marketing. Let that become the way you spread your message. Yeah, and then it just comes down to communication. And then it's just finding the avenues for communicating what you do. 
and then being honest with that and putting it out there, right? Like we just, uh, I just spent the entire afternoon with my son. We were videoing different content for social media. We should have enough now for the next six months off of today. It was a tiring day. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. And, you know, but the thing was, you know, I, I make a point, you know, like because we don't teach high-end MMA, for example, that I, I'm using that as an example, but if you do, I mean, great, that's what you should focus on and you should make sure you're communicating that. So there's no judgment on it. I just say that that's not what I sell. So because I don't sell that, you know, the, I try to make sure each thing I put out there is directly representative of what you would see when you walked into my club. So that that means that when you walk into my club, you're already qualified yourself as a customer. So by the time I'm reaching these you know, fingers out into the community to bring in people into our club, uh, people that walk through my door, people that call me, people that email me, people that you know, send us Facebook messages, which happens all the time, daily, all that stuff is already qualified as genuine leads because they know what we do. I've already given them a sample of what I do. So, and it's easy to find. If you, if you search me up, you'll find me everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, all over YouTube, everything, and that's purposeful because it's not, I'm not bragging, it's not something that I'm better than the next person, it's a, it's a window. It's not about how good I am, it's a window into my club. So when you see that window, you can look in, and if it's not for you, you can decide that too, but if, you, if it is, you've already qualified yourself as somebody that would be interested in what we do. So we're not selling cars here, it's, we're selling martial arts. If somebody walks through the door, if they make the effort to do that part, and we've done the advertising right, you should have 80 to 90% sign-up rate minimum. I mean, that's that's a given because if you've done a great job of your marketing, they're coming in for that, what you're selling. So they're already almost buying. They got their wallet in their hand. They want to buy your product. So it should be an easy conversion at that point. Just don't stand in their way. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you know when to shut up and you know when to talk and you know when to answer questions and you know when to listen, right? That's it. Love it. Hey, so... Uh, Jim, it's been great speaking to you, and I, it sounds like we could speak another couple of hours, but we might do that in another one. What I do want to ask you, though, is um, what would you do, do different? You know, going 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 back over the years, what you've done, you know, what's one thing that you would tweak or look at different in a way moving forward if you had to start all over? I think what, what was really intimidating for me was a lot of the stepping my marketing to different angles, doing things that I hadn't done before. Because just like you're saying, I was intimidated at it first, and I, when I first stepped into it, I knew I sucked. I could watch other people do a much better job, and I didn't really understand that. Um, I think I would just be a little more gutsy with going for that stuff, especially with social media stuff. It's it's almost free. It's so cheap compared to any other marketing. So I think what I would do, and if I could go back, is spend more focus on those kind of things, and just you know, do that, get that message out there more. I think I was a little bit too silent for too long with that. And now that we've got that ball rolling, we see, we see the results of it and it's great. Love it. Yeah. It's just something you've got to nurture and be patient with. And, uh, and I guess just stay clear of all the distractions. I mean, there's marketers pulling you in so many directions and so many ideas. Um, but it always comes down to the, you know, I've always, and I can't recall who, who mentioned this to me, but, um, one of my coaches have mentioned mentioned to me always look at what people do versus what they say um yes. which you know people might be telling you to do this but they're doing something completely different um yes. and uh, I, I think it's just important to just you know focus do the hard work the hard work is creating the content fine-tuning your message and looking after yourself and if you can get that through and be patient with it you're going to build the following 
and it's going to start. That's where you, you know you get the whole snowball running down the mountain, and it's it just catches momentum, and uh, you got leads coming in from everywhere, and you you don't you after a while you can't track where it's just happening. Yes, and I, and, and I think that's the that's the trick. You just get started, just go for it, uh, just start putting your word out there, and and like I say, be genuine with what you're putting out there. Watch people that you trust and watch what they're doing. And, and again, like you say, you know, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Go follow them. Go follow them on Instagram. Go follow them on Facebook. And you know what? The thing is, is the, this day and age, you can find all that information so easily. So you just have to be willing to take that next step and go for it and follow the right people and even make mistakes along the way. Be a white belt. Embrace the suck. Do your thing and just go with it, right? Love it. Jim, been awesome speaking to you. If anybody wants to know more about you and what you do, where can they where can they go to find out? Anybody can contact me anytime. I love helping people in my community. I love people helping people in the martial arts community. So my my email is direct from our website. So www.champsacademy.ca or info at champsacademy.ca is our email. Uh, you can email me through there. I'm on Facebook as well. You can look for I'm Jim Morrison. I know everybody's going to remember that. And uh, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I'm everywhere, so uh, look for me there, and uh, I can even put you in contact with my son, who's who handles a lot of this stuff as well, and he'd be happy to help. That's part of our mission. Awesome, fantastic, Jim. Look forward to speaking to you, speaking to you again in the future. Yeah, anytime. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now. And or just have a, a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group, and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow, and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community. And an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. There's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, Request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. We'll conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.